What up, people? It is Tuesday, June 1st. My name is B. Hill, and it's the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Uh, yesterday was Memorial Day. So the first thing I want to do is give thanks to all of those who are currently in the military and those who have served in the military. Uh, thank you for your service to this country, and thank you for putting your lives on the line for our freedom. It's much appreciated. Uh, This leads me into the first thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I streamed my church service on this past Sunday, and our congregation is uh, a mixed congregation. Our senior pastor is black. Uh, It's a non-denominational church. They always acknowledge and celebrate um, holidays, so they did a tribute to veterans uh, for Memorial Day. And... Our pastor made a comment about how America is the greatest country in the world and how so many people come to America for a better life and you rarely see people leave America, uh, which I agree with that to an extent. But I definitely think there's a lot of context that is missing to that statement. Um, And on my last podcast, I talked about whether I felt America as a country was racist or the people in America are racist. And initially my thought was the people in America are racist, which is true. But after further consideration, I think America is a racist country overall. When you look at its totality and how it was founded and what continues to go on today, um, it seems like there's a segment of population, a large segment of population in America that sole purpose is to disenfranchise the other population, the other segment of the population. And this is about half the population. They feel like they're better than another segment of the population. Um, And here are just a couple of examples that's just happened over the past couple of weeks. Uh, The first example is there was a black homeowner in Indianapolis who had her home appraised. Uh, The first appraisal was $125,000. She thought that was a pretty low appraisal, so she had it appraised again. The second appraisal came in at $110,000, and she thought that was uh, very low. So what she did was removed uh, any pictures of her and her family, and had a white friend come over and pose as her brother for the third appraisal. The third appraisal came in at $259,000. The same house, minus the pictures of black people, came in double what her highest previous appraisal was. And it's because the pictures of the black people were gone, and there was a white man there for the appraisal. Um... To me, that's a clear indication that it was some racial bias going on with the first two appraisals if those were the only two uh, differences from the appraisals, that the pictures were gone and there was a white man there for the appraisal. Um, Also, Simone Biles, who's a decorated Olympic gymnast, uh, she completed a vault that no other female has ever done before the first female to ever complete this vault. And instead of being praised for it, 
the judges actually deducted points because of its difficulty by saying that other gymnasts um, would probably injure themselves even if they tried this particular vault. So she was penalized for doing something nobody else could do. And then there was another incident where in West Point, Mississippi, um, two black females were named. One was named valedictorian, the other salutatorian for their 2021 graduating class. Um, A few days before the graduation, there were some white parents who uh, were very upset that these two were valedictorian and salutatorian. Therefore, the school decided to change their grading system and allow two other non-minorities submit additional assignments to increase their GPA. And it was announced right before the graduation that there would be a co-valedictorian and co-salutatorian for their graduating class. Um, I don't think that same consideration would have been made to the two black students uh, who were originally named valedictorian and salutatorian. And it just seems like black excellence is constantly whitewashed and watered down for others' mediocrity. And it's just, it's not fair. And we see this time and time again uh, that black accomplishments aren't giving the same stature as others' accomplishments. Uh, Let's look at a perfect example was President Obama and Trump. President Obama, in order to become president, had to be almost flawless. Um, He's married to the same woman. Uh, For years, they have two daughters, zero scandals. Um, He graduated from Columbia and Harvard Law School. And he has one baby's mother. Trump, a three-time married, six-time bankrupt uh, person who paid off a porn star and was friends with the known sex trafficker was allowed to become president. Those two things don't even up. It's like the black person has to be almost perfect and the white person or non-minority can be pretty mediocre and still get the same positions. So black people have to work harder to get the same validation and half the time doesn't even get the same validation because if we look at Obama again no scandals within his marriage within the presidency uh, or almost in his past but he still doesn't get a fraction of the respect from people that Trump gets with all of Trump's scandals that he's had and continues to have Um, it just It doesn't make sense, and I don't think people realize how difficult it can be for minorities to even just exist almost. Um, Personally, you know, I have been blessed and fortunate uh, with my job and with my choices, but a lot of the choices I've made were um, pretty good choices, Uh, but I digress. Uh, Also... What happened since the last podcast was Republicans voted against a bipartisan commission to investigate the uh, January 6th Capitol riot. 
which really isn't surprising since a lot of them were complicit anyway. Um, but now I think it's time that Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer, they say screw the Republicans and just do what they need to do to get the job done if it's by executive order or if it's just straight down the party line. Um, it's time to take the gloves off, Joe. Put your big boy pants on and do what you need to do. Uh, all of this trying to be bipartisan and include them, uh, it, it's not going to work because Mitch McConnell has already stated publicly that he's not going to work uh, with the Biden administration. And it's the same thing he did with the Obama administration, obstruct, obstruct, and obstruct. So we got to stop trying to play nice with these people and just do what you need to do to get it done. Um, as far as the January 6th commission, I hope there's something uh, Merrick Garland can do or even if President Biden has to uh, do an executive order to get a commission started. I don't know if he can do that or not, but something needs to be done. This needs to be investigated because I think it was definitely an inside job and I think there's proof uh, in that as well. So it definitely needs to be investigated. Uh, it's funny that Republicans don't want to investigate it, but there were 10 investigations on Benghazi where four people died and Hillary Clinton testified for 11 hours and she was cleared of any wrongdoing. Well, in the Capitol riot, five people died um, where our own citizens tried to overthrow our own government on our own soil. And Republicans just want to move on from it as if nothing happened. Uh, it just, it boggles the mind that this is what's going on today. Um, so I think uh, the Biden administration, they need to say to hell with these people and just do what you feel is right. You have three and a half more years in office. Do what you feel is right. Get stuff done and stop trying to play nice with these people because they wouldn't do the same for you. And they haven't. Uh, their only goal is to obstruct. Uh, and moving to our Governor Greg Abbott, he signed an extensive abortion bill last week that makes it illegal to have an abortion after six weeks. Uh, this includes if the female was raped. And some women don't even know that they're pregnant at six weeks, but it would make it against the law to have an abortion after six weeks. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this and not necessarily about whether abortion is right or wrong. Uh, it's the fact that men are making these laws for women. You know, men have made laws about not covering birth control pills uh, on insurance, but they don't say anything about Viagra or any uh, erectile dysfunction medicines or procedures. They, they don't have the same passion when it comes to men's reproductive rights. And I wonder if people are so concerned about um, abortion, especially at the early stages, what happens to sperm after man masturbates and ejaculates? That sperm dies. So why wouldn't that be considered abortion as well? because they're intentionally killing sperm just to get off. 
you know, it may sound stupid, but I think this is a fair comparison. Uh, it makes no sense that if a female is raped and there are some laws that allow the rapist to have parental rights to the unborn child. Well, if that's the case, I think if you say, if you want to force a woman to carry their baby to term, the man should start paying child support at conception as well. You want to hold her accountable and make her carry this baby throughout term. And he has parental rights as far as if a woman can have an abortion or not. He needs to start paying child support immediately once it's determined that she is pregnant. Need to make it fair for both sides. But again, there are a lot of men that are making these laws that make no sense. Um, I can't tell a woman what to do with her body. I don't know what she goes through on a monthly basis. And it's none of my business. So I think men need to keep their um, laws and opinions out of women's bodies and women need to the, the people that are affected by the laws are the ones that should help create the laws I guess that's the best way to say it also Governor Abbott has a bill on his desk that will make it legal to open carry without a permit in Texas this is by far one of the worst bills I've ever heard of um, I think this is going to put a lot of people's lives in danger uh, just having anybody being able to carry a gun I think it's going to make it really bad on minorities because if you're stopped by the police and you're asked if you have a gun or not and you do have one I think that is putting your life in danger that would be putting my life in danger I am a gun owner um, I don't carry though with the fear of being mistaken identity or something because it doesn't take much for a police officer to shoot and kill minorities at this point I think this is only going to make it worse and for police officers who's already very cautious when dealing with minorities anyway um, I think it's going to make it worse and I think innocent people will lose their lives because of this ridiculous bill but honestly I think that may be the plan all along uh, because it, otherwise it doesn't make any logical sense as to why he would sign this bill. Uh, and this week's verbal middle finger, it goes to anyone still perpetuating the lie that the election was stolen and that Trump is the actual president. Uh, as late as Friday, I heard people still talking about Something big is about to happen and Trump is coming back and he is a true president and he'll be inaugurated as the 19th president of the Confederacy and all of this other nonsense and uh, still flying Trump flags and all of this stuff. You get the rubber middle finger because you're a dumbass. Get over it. Move on with your life. Um, For the life of me, I just cannot understand what the appeal about this dude is, why he has so many people brainwashed, I just don't get it. And at this point, we're a good four or five months in. Uh, It is what it is. Let President Biden do his job, and we'll see what happens in 2024. Uh, 
And my quote of the week is, we cannot force someone to hear a message they are not ready to receive, but we must never underestimate the power of planting a seed. I think that's a powerful quote. Um, And I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Until next time, God bless. Peace. What up, people? It is Sunday, May 2nd. My name is B. Hill, and this is Just My Opinion Podcast. So let's talk. Uh, since my last podcast a couple of weeks ago, I did receive the second Pfizer vaccine shot. And fortunately, um, I had no side effects or anything like that other than a slightly sore arm for the rest of that day and part of the next day. But I'm fully vaccinated. I feel really good about doing it. Uh, I am grateful that I didn't have any uh, huge side effects on the first or the second shot. So that definitely helps. Uh, And I'm looking forward to trying to get back to some sense of normalcy just a little bit. Uh, I do continue to wear a mask when I'm out and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But I do think I'm going to plan um, a trip this summer. Not sure if I'm going to fly yet or not or go on a cruise yet, but I do feel better by getting the vaccines and now I can kind of get out and, and do some stuff. Uh, but one thing about me throughout the entire process is that uh, I never really limited myself um, as far as at least getting out of the house, going to the grocery store, things like that. I know people who didn't do anything throughout this whole year and a half process. Um, they just kind of became hermits and locked themselves in the house and had groceries delivered to the house. Personally, I just can't do that. Uh, I take my precautions. I've been to the casino a couple of times. Uh, and try to live somewhat a normal life, but safe. Um, always wear my mask at the casino. Uh, and I have to give credit to the casino that I go to. They would, they limited the number of seats at the poker table, which helped. Everyone had to wear a mask. They sanitized the cards, everything. So fortunately, I've never gotten COVID. Um, so I hope I can get it, but just glad to be vaccinated and my immediate family, all of us are vaccinated, so we don't have an issue being around each other or anything like that, so we will be able to we were able to celebrate Easter uh, we're going to do Mother's Day and just kind of somewhat get back to normal but with uh, precaution and also, since the last podcast uh, the verdict for Derek Chavez came in and he was found guilty on all three charges, uh, unintentional second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Um, although I'm relieved at the verdict, I'm not happy because, honestly, the jury just did what they were supposed to do. Um, this is kind of what I expected, that I think that was definitely the correct verdict. Um, so I'm not necessarily happy about it. I'm more relieved. Also, I'm relieved in the fact that I think if it would have went a different way and he was found not guilty, uh, 
I think I'll help with brokerage across the country. Um, but I don't think that was the reason he was found guilty. I think he was found guilty due to all of the evidence that was shown in court. And there was really no defense. Uh, there was no valid defense put up on his behalf. So I am relieved that he was found guilty. Interested to see what the sentences will be. Um, if he gets the max on all three charges, I think he'll be like 50, 60 years in prison or something like that. I don't think he'll get that. I think he may be somewhere in the middle. But at least he was found guilty. So it was nice to see him uh, let out and handcuffs back to prison. So that was a, a good thing. But until laws are changed like the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, um, I don't think anything will really change. I don't think this verdict changed a lot. It changes a lot overall. So, and Biden had a speech the other night where he talked about wanting to get that um, law passed. It has passed the House and it's kind of stalled in the Senate, but he was going to get that done by the end of the month. And I looked at the law and I don't see anything unreasonable within the parameters of the law. Um, basically, it lowers the criminal intent standard from willful to knowing or reckless to convict a law enforcement officer of misconduct in a federal prosecution. It limits qualified immunity as a defense of liability in a private civil action against law enforcement officers. And it grants administrative subpoena power to the Department of Justice in pattern of practice investigation. Uh, it also establishes a framework to prevent the remedy of racial profiling by law enforcement at the federal, state, and local levels. Uh, it also limits the unnecessary use of force and restricts the use of no-knock warrant chokehold. Uh, the bill creates a national registry, the National Police Misconduct Registry, to compile data on complaints and records of police misconduct. It establishes new reporting requirements, including uh, use of force, officer misconduct, and routine policing practices. And finally, it directs the DOJ to create uniform accreditation standards for law enforcement agencies and requires law enforcement officers to complete training on racial profiling, implicit bias, and the duty to intervene when other officers use excessive force. Uh, all of those things I think are wonderful and needed. And I think the qualified immunity would be a huge step uh, with that. And I think that's what has been one of the factors in which it has not passed the Senate. Um, I think Republicans don't want that language added to the bill. But until we get some type of law um, passed, I don't see a whole lot changing outside of that verdict. And one issue I noticed a lot, and there are a lot of videos out there, uh, is the abuse of power by police when it comes to ID laws. Um, I've read the laws, especially in Texas, and you do not have to ID yourself that you have committed a crime or you're suspected of committing a crime. And that's because they say you look suspicious. Suspicion is not a crime. 
it's not a misdemeanor or a felony. And they do not have the right to ID you just for that. Uh, if you have not committed a crime, they do not have, they can ask you for your ID, but legally you don't have to, you don't have to uh, give your ID. But the problem is, I've seen them arrest people and take them to jail for not ID. Well, you have to be suspected of a crime in order to ID, so there's really no crime if that's the only reason they arrested you. But the problem with that is you have to, you know, go to jail, you're handcuffed, go to jail and book. And most of the time the charges will be dismissed or you will be let out the next day. My thing is in instances like that, that seems to be a abuse of power. Um, you should be able to sue the police officer directly, an individual. And I think that's where the qualified immunity comes in. Uh, if they put you through this baseless arrest uh, for nothing, I think you should be able to sue them. But as it stands right now, any civil lawsuits that are uh, worn by individuals against a police department, it comes from taxpayer funds. And until those uh, funds come from police pensions or something like that, or the police officers personally, I don't see a whole lot changing either. Uh, a lot of times when you see these videos, you threaten to sue. They don't care because they know nothing is really going to be done about it. So that's why it's important, I think, to get this uh, some type of police reform on the books and done because nothing will change if you don't. Um, also, I mentioned Biden had a speech the other night. I saw part of it and I thought it, it was pretty good. Uh, I liked a lot of the stuff he was saying. Um, but the biggest issue came in Governor Tim Scott's rebuttal after Biden's speech where he claims America is not a racist country. And although I can agree that America itself is not racist, but there are a lot of people, about half of America, that believe in racist ideology and uh, things that could be considered racist. Um, another issue I have with his rebuttal is what I've noticed from the right is that they use a lot of partial truths without context. Uh, for instance, he brought up the Georgia voting law and how it's not a racist law. And he made the comment that it's easier to early vote in Georgia than it is in New York State. Which, early voting, it is. I think uh, the Georgia law does allow a week or two longer in early voting than New York does. But overall, New York has a variety of ways you can which Georgia limits and restricts certain ways of voting, um, like mail-in ballots and drop boxes and things of that nature. Uh, New York has a vast uh, array of voting options than the Georgia law does. And what they won't say is that, and I know I've spoken about this before, but the Georgia law is predominantly affects minority communities. Uh, like with the voting hours and the limiting of voting polling sites. So it, it's the fact that they continue to use partial truths without giving context to the full um, scope of what they're referring to. And that's a, a huge issue. You know, that's 
one of the main issues in politics overall is the fact that people can go on TV and spread false information or mis misleading information freely and without consequences. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest threats we face today. Um, we saw that during the whole election process, process with the, uh, you know, the all of the election was rigged rhetoric that was going on. Uh, there still hasn't been proof of that. And then last week, Fox News spent the entire day on almost every show that they have spreading misinformation about a Biden policy, a climate change policy that would limit the amount of red meat people can eat to roughly one hamburger per month, which is absolutely false. Uh, there's nothing in the Biden policy that says anything like that. But they got that info from a UK article in the Daily Mail. So it wasn't even from here, but that article um, confused Biden's policy with an article someone wrote at the University of Michigan. But yet they spread this false information and Governor Greg Abbott and other governors and senators of Congress repeated those claims that Biden is trying to come to their great meat. Uh, even Don Jr. sent out a tweet eating a steak and, you know, sending nobody's coming for their meat. And, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, of course, once the damage was done, uh, they had to retract that statement. But that statement was only retracted by one person on Fox News. And it only took about two to three minutes saying that they misstated uh they misstated that that story from uh, the Biden administration. But the damage was already done because they had spent the previous day or two on most of their TV shows throughout the day repeating that false claim. And there's no consequential repercussions to that. Uh, and that's, that's just a huge issue that I wish we could figure out a way to get past and do something about it and hold people even as I record this now, there's an audit going on in Arizona uh, for ballots. <laughs> the Maricopa County uh, office was made to give over all of their ballots and registration, voter registration information uh, to an independent group to audit the ballots. And the people they have in charge of this audit, uh, they have no experience in elections. Um, and ultimately it won't change anything but they are doing this to please Trump and why they are still catering to this dude I will never understand uh, it's some of the weirdest stuff I've ever seen in my life uh, I just don't get it but you know that's kind of where we are at this point they're still trying to cater to this dude it makes zero sense to me. And hopefully he'll be in jail soon anyway. I'm just hoping and praying. But while they're doing, continuing to do an audit, all it's going to do is affect future elections. Uh, and the company that's doing this thing don't have any transparency. Uh, it's, been, it's been a mess. Uh, the last thing my rebel metal fix this week goes to Santorum. Rick Santorum is a former senator 
and I forgot which state he's from, but in a speech to a young conservative last week, he made the comment that America came from nothing. And basically what he means by that, he was insinuating that white people came to America and there was nothing here, uh, that they created a blank slate. And he said, yes, there were Native Americans, but there isn't much Native American culture in America now. And old white people love to whitewash history. Um, <laughs> the fact that he said that there was nothing here is ridiculous. Uh, that's why I hate the thought of Columbus Day, because Columbus did not um, discover anything. Native Americans were already here. So the fact that Rick Santorum is basically a whitewashing history and eliminating the contribution that Native Americans uh, had and also eliminating the fact that white people came here as slaughtered and killed Native Americans and took their land, stole their land, uh, and made it seem like there was absolutely nothing here. That would be the reason why there's not a whole lot of Native Americans in America today because white people try to eliminate that but that's the caucasity that we have now and this is why it is very important to really teach the truth in school because when I was in school going through all of my history it was very whitewashed you know we would only hear about Martin Luther King during February but outside of that everything you learned about the wars, a couple of the wars, but it was very much whitewashed in the fact that we information about other cultures, the contribution to America was very limited. So Rick Santorum, you get the middle finger because you're a dumbass. And then finally, uh, I'm making this a quick one. Um, my quote for the week is in order to empathize someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine their experience to be. That's a very important statement to me. But I have to wrap this up. I got some other stuff uh, going on that I need to attend to. So I'm going to make this one quick, but I'll give another one uh, probably by the end of the week a little more detail and talk about the NFL draft and things of that nature. But until next time, God bless you.